Hello, my name is Michael D'Angelo. Welcome to Let This Mind Be In You, or if you're a return listener, welcome back. This is a ministry founded on proclaiming the gospel to the lost and exhorting Christians to remember that we have the mind of Christ, so let this mind be in you. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe with all of your friends and family. And if you'd like to reach me, you can reach me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. That's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. I also have a Facebook page. You can find that at Let This Mind Be In You Ministries. Just search for that. Also, you can find us on YouTube at Let This Mind Be In You. On tonight's broadcast, we're going to be continuing in our series in the book of Ephesians with Ephesians chapter 5. Quite a bit of interesting stuff that we're going to talk about tonight, uh, including redeeming the time. Uh, time is definitely short, and so we need to be redeeming the time. But not only that, we look at the husband and wife relationship in comparison to the relationship we have now in Christ because he died for us. He loved us as the church. So join me on in Ephesians chapter 5. God bless you. Be thou my vision. And hello, welcome back to Let This Mind Be In You. I'm going to, I still have some things that I'm trying to take care of right here. I'm trying to get on to the, uh, uh, the Facebook stream so I can uh, monitor that. And I think I messed up. Oh, see, I told you I messed up. Uh, there I am. So we see uh, people starting to come in the Facebook. There it goes. It's working now. And I believe I have people checking in. Yep, I sure do on YouTube. And uh, my audio is also recording. So praise the Lord. We got everything going here. So hello and welcome. Um, It's Thursday, June the 11th of 2020, and um, we're continuing in the book of Ephesians tonight. I started a new series. Um, Well, I I guess it's going to be like short videos um, just on Tuesday. And um, it's called... uh, I, as of right now, I'm just calling it what's on my mind. Um, there's been things on my, you know, how the Lord puts things on your mind all day long. And as you're just con- constantly pondering it and thinking about it and thinking about different verses. And um, and that's just something I wanted to kind of do. Just this briefly put out there what's on my mind. And uh, so I think that's going to be an ongoing series. I don't know as the Lord leads. But, you know, 10, 15 minutes long and... Um, I uh, had some good reactions already from some brothers in Christ who um, were edified and, and encouraged by it. So I think we're going to keep it going. But uh, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 5 tonight. And um, I just basically basically told the title, uh, Redeeming the Time. Uh, it's just part of the verse here um, in verse 16, Redeeming the Time, um, because time is short. Um, as we look around this world, I, I just... I'm both disheartened because I'm, I'm saddened because time is short. And for the, uh, many, many, many people, time's going to run out. And uh, that's that's a sad, sad thing. And um, at the same time, we know it's the blessed hope, um, which is quickly approaching. And the time is short. And so as we, whatever time we have left here, even if that's another 30, 40 years, it's a relatively short amount of time. We need to be about the word and um, proclaiming the word, finally getting back to what we should be doing, which is proclaiming the word as ambassadors. And uh, we don't do enough of it. But anyways, that's um, that's some of the things I've been thinking about. And uh, redeeming the time is the title. Uh, make sure you check us out on the on the uh, podcast. Um, if you do check out podcasts, I really want to know about that too. Um, you know, little suggestions on uh, what you maybe think about it or something I can maybe improve on it. Um, maybe do a little bit more shorter versions of podcast. Um, you just let me know. And um, ltmbiy at yahoo.com is my um, my email address that you can reach out and, and talk to me on there. So um, do that. But all the podcast uh, platforms that I can think of uh, should have it. There's a few that don't, uh, but just search for Let This Mind Be In You Ministries podcast uh, on any type of search engine, and that podcast will come up, and you'll see um, you'll see probably the logo with the King James uh, version um, or the ver- uh, the logo that's in this corner right here. Um, you'll see one of those two. I think it's the other one 
which is this one, that one right there. You'll see that one. And um, that should be able to show you that's the one that's uh, my podcast. But um, check those out. Um, all the videos that we produce here um, go straight to audio as well. So also, it seems like I'm kind of loud here. Maybe not. Anyways, um, but uh, so that uh, we got people watching on Facebook, checking in. Lots of people. I see my cousin on here. I wonder if you're still on here. Hello, cousin, Laura, and um, everybody else. Yes, time is short, and everybody's talking on YouTube. Um, it's going to be really interesting tonight. Um, I, I've been teaching teenagers uh, creation um, at a local body of believers that uh, we're helping out with uh, over in Slidell, Louisiana. And uh, one of the things that I get, I left them with last night because we were in Genesis chapter 2, I was talking about, uh, you know, Adam and Eve and how they became one flesh. And so something is really going to come out here in Ephesians chapter 5. I, I don't know if my teenagers are watching, uh, the ones that are taking part of that, um, that Bible study there. Um, but um, I gave them some homework and I said, you can watch if you want to get, you know, you know, you can get the answers to the test, so to speak. But uh, uh, hopefully they're, they're watching or they're studying like they should be. Um, study the show that I self-approve. And um, it's been really exciting, you know, teaching teenagers uh, creation, how the creation of man and how we were created in his image, the Godhead, body, soul, and spirit. It's been fantastic to talk about that and to see their faces, uh, to understand through the entirety of Scripture, can see that come alive. And uh, they've been fascinated, and they've really been um, eager to learn. Uh, I've been very impressed with... um, with you know, you think about teenagers and you think they're they're they don't have a heart for God. They're, you know, they're of the, no. Um, th- these young people are they have a true, genuine desire to learn the Word of God, and um, it, it's been at least what I've been able to tell so far. And I'm very, very thankful to the Lord for that, and uh, praise the Lord, all praise and honor, and glory to the Lord for that. It's not because of me. It's because of the word of God and um, they're getting, just read it for what it says. And boy, they are just, they're eating it up, which is good. So anyways, well, we're going to talk about that a little bit in Ephesians chapter five towards the end. So I want to get started right away. I don't see any, I don't see any other comments. And like I said, I'm going to try to avoid, I've been trying, I've really been uh, doing a pretty good job at that, avoiding looking at that, but sometimes Getting uh, <laughs> for those that are listening on the podcast later on, I'm tangled up in my in my uh, my headphone wire. I think I'm good to go now. But anyways, um, where was I? Oh, so th- this is going to be a very fascinating chapter here when we talk about uh, a lot. It, it covers quite a bit of stuff, and so I'm going to try to get it all in tonight. If not, we'll do another part two. It's uh, not a big deal. I'll, although. I am running out of time as far as here in the home studio. And uh, what you'll see here in roughly a month or so, um, you'll see me in a different location. I'll be in on in Rota, Spain. So, And I'll be having a different setup. It'll look completely different. But the word of God is unchanging, right? Forever established. Thy word is established forever. So um, it's, it's going to be good. And uh, it's going to be a different setup. And they're not going to be live videos, but I think um, I think I'll be able to produce a, quite a bit more. Um, I'll have evenings where it's just Bible study, and um, I'm not looking forward to being away from my family, though. I can tell you that. This is my first deployment of. Uh, my wife will probably correct me. I think I've been on this will be my seventh deployment in my career. I may be wrong about that. But anyways, it's my first one with having children, so it's going to be tough. But um, the Lord will bring me through. Amen and amen. All right, brothers and sisters, let's get started. I don't know if um, uh, there's some people checking in here to YouTube, not as much as normal. And uh, hopefully we have quite a few people. I see you, Brother Dan, there on Facebook. Hello to you, sir. My... uh, 
my social media uh, producer and uh, manager. That's a joke. I don't pay him anything. Just in friendship, brotherly love. So, all right, let's get started. Ephesians chapter 5. So as we've been talking down through here, um, you know, to the, the, the letter from Paul to the, to the church there at Ephesus, the churches, um, and also to us, it's obviously to us in, in today, uh, the word of God is timely, no matter what, when you read it. And, uh, but he's been speaking down through here on quite a few things. We've covered quite a bit, and I'd encourage you to go back and um, read and watch the studies again, um, Ephesians 1. Um, we've really taken a lot of time. In fact, I think two of the chapters we've done part twos. Um, we've broken them up. Uh, again, we try to. I try to stay really just below the surface here. I, I don't want to get too deep into things. But tonight, uh, we we're going to do some searching around. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna do some comparison of scriptures. So uh, this may have to go to part two. But uh, anyways, let's get started right away with verse one. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us. Wow. While we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. Just thinking about that just just humbles me and just, I, I just can't wrap my brain around it sometimes um, as we talk through creation, how man willingly disobeyed God, but he made a, a way of escape, a way to redeem to wit, God was in Christ redeeming us to himself. Amen. But he hath loved us, verse 2, and hath given himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. We know uh, my dad talked about this a little bit tonight on, um, on his broadcast uh, on his Facebook page. He talked about did they know, I mean, Abraham didn't know what that was an uh, image of when he sacrificed his son. Uh, when he's told his son, God will provide himself a lamb. He didn't understand the context of all that kind of things. Um, but what we see now with the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. We see that right there, that Christ hath also loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice. We know that God in the flesh, God manifest in the flesh, absolutely took on the form of a servant and humbled himself to the cross. And that's in Philippians 2. One of just an amazing thought about that. But he didn't stay dead. He rose victorious and that's the first fruits, the resurrection and uh, we'll get a little bit into that tonight as well. So um, but we see there a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. But fornication in all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become as saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Now we know that in this body of flesh we're still capable of all those things. This is not talking about working for your salvation, or if you do these things you're no longer saved. But what it is talking about is just as if you've never sinned. You need to be saved, and then these are not part of your life. Um, he has forgiven you. He has washed away your sins. The blood has taken care of all sins. All unrighteousness has been taken care of by him. But what it is saying now, there is a changed life that will be evident. And I'm going to get into some of that stuff as we talk about towards the end of the chapter. It's not a uh, what people label a lordship salvation because lordship salvation is that you have to make the Lord the Lord of your life. You got to clean up your life. You got to do this, then do this, and do this, and then you can come to Jesus Christ. That's not true. That's of works. You have reason to boast. Yeah, I cleaned up all this stuff, and then I came to Christ, and you know He had to do His part because I did mine. No, we come as a broken sinner realizing fully that we cannot save ourselves. We cannot do anything to get God. All of our righteousness is as filthy rags. But we know now this stuff has been taken care of. So it's kind of dual-parted. One, we know that uh, 
anybody in sin is obviously not going to, never been forgiven of those sins, is going to go to hell. Not going to be in heaven. He's not going to be with Christ forever and ever. Not going to have that inheritance. Remember, we're joint heirs. We're fellow heirs, joint heirs with Christ. We won't receive that if we're not saved. But all this is talking about this is just make sure you understand is that there will be a change in your life. You will not have a walk or a life that's dedicated to this without any consequences. Uh, trust me on that. All right. So just remember that and keep that in mind and in perspective and also in context because it easily you can twist these around to say, well, see there, you can work for your salvation. No, 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 no. No way in the world. You can't work for it and you can't work to keep it. However, whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. So just remember that, okay? But let note in verse number five, it just is basically speaking about that. It's wrapping all that stuff. We know in Christ we are not a part of any of that. He's taking care of it, just as if we've never sinned, justified by him. The sanctification comes into this, but anyways, well, let's move on. Verse number six, let no man deceive you with vain words. Those are empty words. Uh, you can go ahead and just say, place politician here, okay? <laughs> you know, you hear somebody speak and speak and speak, and you're like, did they just even say anything? Vanity, just vain, empty words. Let no man deceive you with those words, with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. We know that the wrath is coming. And that's why I said time is drawing near. Time is short. We need to be redeeming the time. Preach the word. Proclaim the word. Warn people because it is coming. It is Look at the world around us. Every generation has said that, but my goodness, folks, it, it is complete craziness all around the world. A lot of things are, are seeming to be lining up. Now, I believe in the, pre or the um, imminent return of Jesus Christ all the way from, you know, almost 2,000 years ago, okay? However, it just seems that things are really, really lining up. I don't know. So don't let anybody deceive you with vain words because there's a coming wrath. Okay? And by the way, don't let anybody deceive you and tell you that Daniel's 70th week is not the wrath of God. All of it is wrath. The first seal is not opened by man. It's opened by who? The one that's worthy, the only one that's worthy to open the seals. Jesus Christ. Don't let anybody try to tell you that man's going to usher in the Antichrist. Sorry, not happening. God will open the seals. He pours out his wrath. Don't try to let anybody say, well, it's after the fifth or sixth seal, and that's, and that's when the wrath really starts coming. It's all wrath. And it's coming. Be warned. And the children of disobedience, see there? The disobedience as was from the beginning. My wife was talking to me about that um, last night as we were driving home. Uh, you know, we're talking about the, you know, that sin. It was disobedience, not doing what God said to do. That's, that's ultimately it. It's disobedience. You disobey. You have disobedience. You don't want to obey what God has said, where he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And you're like, no, I want to do it my way. I'm, that's disobedience. And wrath is coming. So it says, don't even have that kind of look about you. You shouldn't even be a part of this kind of stuff. Look in verse 7. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. No Christian, no born-again believer, should be comfortable living a lifestyle constantly out in the world. Uh, you all know my testimony. You know, I don't like to talk about it a whole bunch. But uh, when I started walking afar off, there was not comfort in that. Trust me. You know, oh, I seemed like I was having a really good time when I was out partying and doing the things that I wanted to do. But at the end of the night, I knew 
even in those moments, I knew constant conviction. Just, mm. And what breaks my heart now is the people that were around me and saw me in those moments. God help me. I'll have to answer for that one day. And what I did with Christ. That's the wood, hay, and stubble. <clears throat> All right. Verse number eight. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. You have no business walking as children of darkness. You're not even there anymore. You go into a dark room, and the little bit of light drives that darkness away. If that's what you are, if you're children of light, that's the way you need to be walking. Verse number nine says, For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. Pardon me. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Um, you know, by the way, you live your life as, you know, a Bible-believing uh, Christian, a Bible believer, a, a born-again individual, a child of God. You don't have to sit there and point at people. You're doing wrong. They will be reproved just by your presence. Trust me. Okay. Oh, there comes that. that, that uh, better watch what we're saying or, boy, we better not do this. That's the reproof that they'll have. Trust me. Sometimes you need to say something, obviously. Reprove them. But um, for it is shame, even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. Uh, this was one of those verses where it's like, you know, you know, that's why I don't like to really talk about any kind of specifics. Because um, it, it's a shame. It's it's even to speak of those things. It's just a shame to me. It's a it's a and it, you know some guys like to talk about you know get kind of graphic about you know look at these these reprobates out here and these ones that do this and that and the other thing. You know it's a shame to talk about that kind of stuff. Sin is sin. Okay, let's be careful. But we need to reprove them. Word of God does that. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whatsoever doth make manifest is light. We are to make manifest. Christ is in us. We are to let him shine forth and out. So we're children of light. We walk into a dark room. That should be what it's talking about, are made manifest by the light. Um, I, I walk out into my... So we're in South Mississippi. I got to tell you this. South Mississippi has the biggest... I don't care how clean your house is, they have the biggest, don't get grossed out, cockroaches you will ever see in your entire life. They're enormous. I'll go out into the garage. I mean, we have a clean house, everything, you know. They just get in. They're everywhere. Uh, but out in the garage, I'll turn on the light, and you could see pew, something move out of the corner of your eye. And I already know what it is, okay? <laughs> I know that it's one of them water bugs or cockroaches or whatever you want to call them, but they're enormous, but guess what drives them away? As soon as that light hits, that dry, drives the darkness, they're out of there. They're made manifest. They're clearly shown, and they don't want to be seen, okay? Same thing with the works of darkness. You know, the old saying goes, that's why all these bars are dark, okay? They don't like the lights to be on. Um, I don't know... All right, I'm just going to uh, just give the the passage that I wanted to turn to. It's in James chapter 1, verses 17 through 27, to look at some of the comparisons uh, as the Apostle Paul writes, and then James, of course, writes in uh, James. But look at James chapter 1 and verse 17 through 27. I, I don't, I wanted to kind of, I was going to touch on that, but I think I'm just going to give you guys the verses there and go study that out on your own, compare Scripture with Scripture, because um, I'd, I'd really want to try to get down here to the end if I can, okay? Um, and here it is, verse 14, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Um, again, 
now is a high time, you know, wake up. Exactly what it's saying. And then uh, speaking about those, you know, trying to give that light, be an example, be that light. Uh, the old song goes, you know, we teach our children, you know, hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Um, please do. This is what it's talking about here. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Very, very carefully. That's what circumspectly means. Not that we're like, oh, goodness, I better tiptoe through life and, you know, I don't want to upset anything. No, that's not what it's talking about. It talks about your everyday walk, your conversation, your life should reflect that. You need to be very careful. Uh, my my friend uh, and brother in Christ, uh, Aaron, talks about his grandfather used to tell him when he would go over to somebody's house or something like that, remember who you belong to, remember your last name or something to that effect. That's essentially what it is. Remember who you belong to as you go out in the world. But not only that, a double-minded man, speaking of James, is unstable in all of his ways. If you're at home trying to live away because, oh, nobody's looking at me, nobody can see me, and then try to be another way out in front of there, thou hypocrite. And I'm looking at myself a lot of times. I do the same thing. I'm like, well, you know, I'm all right. I can let my hair down a little bit, so to speak. And no, walk circumspectly all times, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Even back in Ephesus in AD, I don't know, 60, I just put a date on it. Whenever this was written, the days are evil. That's why I said earlier, you know, things look as though he's coming tomorrow. He's coming today. Um, But since, you know, the spirit of Antichrist has been in the world since then, you know, I think that's in John, 1 John. Um, That's always been there. Like I said, the imminent return could have come at any moment. But boy, it is just evil all around us. Redeeming the time. What are you doing with your time? Because the days are evil. Are you being an ambassador? You remember who you belong to? You remember who's your father? Christ has told us. That's that's our father. Remember who you belong to. All right. Uh, Verse number 17. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Um, again, we could talk about that, you know, as far as the, the connotation is, is that, look, uh, I understand drunk with wine. I get that. But that's with anything wherein is excess. Okay. That could be anything that's taking the place, the place of where the rightful place, the idolatry that we place on anything above Christ. That's the quenching of the spirit. Be. It says, but be filled with the Spirit. You have all the Holy Ghost. You don't have just a part of them. or You have the whole entire thing, okay? You have the whole entirety of the Holy Spirit. What that's meaning is, is again, the, the, the willingly surrendering your will to His. That's the fill. That's being filled and directed by the Spirit. And here it is, verse 19. This is a a fairly famous verse. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And it keeps going here. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another, one to another in the fear of God. See how that just continues from verse 18. So it's all in context of the same thought. That's why our music is important. Whatever the, you know, when you're listening to music, really walk circumspectly. Is this Christ honoring? Is this being spirit-filled? 
is this getting, is this raising something up in my flesh where this is taking over for what I should be thinking about? If it's driving your flesh, it's not of the spirit. It's as simple as that. Wearing is excess. And giving of thanks. You know, we're not thankful enough as it is. And we should be the most thankful people in this world. Christ died for us. We, we humbled ourselves at some moment in time. I pray that you have done this. You have had godly sorrow, which is your just the repentance, knowing that you just cannot do anything. You're a complete sinner. You understand that Christ died for you, and you surrender your wills to his. Remember, he's not willing that any should perish. If you've done that, we should be the most thankful people in this world, and we are not. Add to that the general, folks, I've been around the world. I've seen some of the places in this world that if you saw them, you would say, wow, I can't believe people live there. I've been in Haiti. I've been in Baghdad. I've been in Kabul. I've been in Kandahar. I've been to different places around the world. And I'm never there for, you know, sightseeing, okay? I've seen the worst of this planet as far as living conditions. And you know what I've seen in places like Haiti? Even after the earthquake, and I think that was in, uh, I'll have to remember what year it was, but it wasn't that long ago, about eight or nine years ago. I was in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. And you know, hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of people have been killed. And in a poor nation of Haiti, and I saw some happy people. What's our excuse? Not only were we redeemed, but we live in relative comfort. It's 95 degrees outside today, and I can come inside and not be that hot because I have an air conditioner that works. I have lights that work. What is our excuse? We need to be given thanks always for all things unto God. All praise and honor and glory to the Lord. It can be taken away really quickly. Verse number 21 says, Submitting yourselves one to, the, uh, to another in the fear of God. One of the most important things, I think, when we come together is that Remember, we're to esteem each other more highly than ourselves. I'm not coming around to to worship, to gather, to uh, be a part of a body. I'm not getting being there in order to receive something. Hey, what am I getting out of this? Am I, you know, if I'm not getting anything out of this, I'm, boy, I'm out of here. That's not the. What kind of attitude is that? That's unbiblical. We are to be esteeming each other more highly than yourself. The servant heart, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. It takes a lot of crushing of your own will to submit yourself to another person, doesn't it? Because we are all naturally selfish individuals. Don't, don't like write me about, I'm not a selfish person. I talk to people all the time. The very act of breathing is self-preservation. It is a selfish act. I mean, now, we do it unconsciously. You know, we don't even think about it. We breathe. Our heart beats. We eat. It's self-preservation. We sleep. We do all these different things. The majority of our day, in fact, if we think about it, adding all those things in, whether they're voluntary or involuntarily taking care of ourselves, is about us. How much more, so if that's the case, how much of the rest of the part of the day are you dedicating to others? That's a real convicting thing. But if I'm constantly thinking about myself and even those moments, how much more when we get around each other, believers? This is Bible, and it's about to get into it, and it's going to give the comparison of the husband and wife relationship. This is the part that I wanted to kind of get to right here. Wives, submit yourselves unto your, your own husbands as unto the Lord. 
and everybody closes their Bible and says, amen. Let's, let's wrap it up right there, right? No, keep reading. Through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the Apostle Paul is writing an analogy. It's a word picture. I love talking to people in word pictures. I love painting a picture because it, it sticks in people's minds a little bit better. I'll give you an analogy of something, and you're like, oh, that makes sense. I can see that. Not only do you hear the words, but you actually get to see them kind of in your, in, your, in your head. You're like, oh, I can, I, I can imagine that. That's what he's given here. He's giving a comparison to the husband and wife relationship as he goes on further here. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. That's why it's a weird thing to hear somebody say that I'm the head of such and such church. No, you are not. Christ is. Okay? Therefore, verse 24, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husband in everything. Okay? Here, see the comparison they're starting to do? Husbands... Love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Again, still speaking about the church here, but also talking about husbands. See, again, the selfishness or the selflessness of the act of submitting yourselves and then loving your wives and thinking about even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. If you're loving your wife like that on a consistent basis, I guarantee your biblical marriage is very strong and and very, 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 very happy because that's what Christ did for us. Loved the church, gave himself for it. Again, giving of yourself. Boy, that's convicting to me because am I loving my wife as Christ loved the church? Every single moment, every single day, no, I get selfish. I act, you know, I want to do this thing. I'd rather do this than spend time with her, and I'd rather do this. And, boy, I'm, I'm busy right now. Let me get over here to this. And so, again, I tell you, every time I do these Bible studies, I'm definitely just, God is definitely just talking to me every single time. I do these Bible studies, I think, as, as filmed uh, proof. <laughs> <laughs> this is about me. Uh, I, I pray that it's edifying and exhorting and um, uh, convicting you as well. Uh, but, uh, boy, I tell you what, just thinking about that. The thing about this, too, verse number 26, that he might sanctify. See, the sanctification hasn't happened yet. And cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. We're justified right at the moment of salvation. No questions. Sealed until the day of redemption. No question. But the washing is constant. The sanctification is a constant process. And it's not a sanctification process about man's rules and his structure and his, the way he wants to set it up and say, okay, see, now you're living a good Christian life. What is the washing by? The water by the word. Turn over to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 6. So very famous verse is 1 John 5, 7, right? Remember that one. But look at verse number 6. Uh, verse for number, let's start in verse number 5. 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. Notice the difference, similarities there of the water. The, the point is, is that we understand the washing of water. You know, you take a shower. Don't quench the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. This is the washing of the water by the Word. 
let this wash you and sanctify and cleanse you. One day it'll be, and we know that this flesh will put on incorruption one day. We cannot wait for that. But until then, be washing through the power of the Holy Spirit right here. That he might present it to himself a glorious church. You ever seen the father present the bride to the son? You know, the new son-in-law? He says he presents the bride to himself. (laughs) Think about that for a moment. Presented to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. We know that we're in Christ. We are holy. Again, this is talking about sanctification, our daily walk, our things like that. So that one day he will present to himself holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. See, the, see we are so selfish. We love our own bodies. Oh, I, want, I don't want to do that. That's, that doesn't, doesn't make me feel good. He that loveth his wife loveth himself, though. Look at this, what it says. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh. Boy, is that true. But nourish, nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord, the church. He loves his body. Ye are his temple, which body or its temple ye are. Your body, the body of Christ. Understand your position. Yes, we are children of God. We're joint heirs. Amen and amen. We are his body as well. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. Turn over to Genesis chapter 2. This is what I was trying to give the teenagers the other night, or last night. Genesis chapter 2. This is a reason why, uh, by the way, Ephesians 5 and and 1 Corinthians 12 and other places is why I use members. Uh, So is Christ. Many members, so is Christ three members of the Godhead. And Adam said, verse number 23 in Genesis chapter 2, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. So you think about that. In comparison to Ephesians chapter 5, we are the bride of Christ. We are the bone of his bone, flesh, I think that'll change our perspective on a lot of things. Let the word of God speak clearly for itself. I don't have to even try to explain that. It's right there in black and white. And just to prove that, here uses the verse. Paul uses the verse out of Genesis. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they shall and they too shall be one flesh. Now, if it stopped right there, we'd be like, well, okay, so is he talking about the church or is he talking about how we are to treat our wives? Let's go for, further. For, this, uh, for verse 32, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself and the wife that she reverence her husband. See the relationship that we have as the church, the body of Christ. We are to be strengthening each other, many members, one body. Just remember whose body that is and who's the head of it because we need to be redeeming the time because time is short, and that's Ephesians chapter 5. I did make it through with uh, 15 minutes to go. We could have went back to James. I think I probably could have still got that in there, but I don't think I would have gave it enough time. So James, again, um, James chapter 1, verses 17 through 27. Go back to that. Also, look at the interesting thing. I I do want to bring this up, and I have it in my notes here off to the side. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 through 19. So I, I do want to turn over there real quick. I think that's the verse I was thinking about the other night. Yeah. 
here it is. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us by us the word of reconciliation. And um, I have that written off to the side here. That's the reconciliation. He did that for us. And then Revelation chapter 22 and verse 17. I always thought this was kind of neat. Revelation chapter 22 and verse 17. Now, I, again, I really, at some point in time, I want to go through uh, chapter by chapter of the book of Revelation, but um, this entirety of here, when it talks about the water, and we, we understand the water of life, we, we understand the... Uh, Remember when I talked about the uh, the gift of God series? I spoke about the Holy Spirit. Well, look at verse number 17 of Revelation chapter 22. And the Spirit and the bride say, Come, let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. The water of life. As we understand the uh, the the famous account of the woman at the well in John chapter 4. When Jesus answered, said unto her in verse 13, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, speaking of that physical water. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. That, that water is available. And uh, verse number 10, I love this verse. Jesus answered and said unto her when she was talking about, why are you even talking to me? I'm, I'm a woman of Samaria. Verse number 10, Jesus answered and said unto her, thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. If you turn over just a few chapters in John, you'll see what that living water is. I talked about this in my Gift of God series, but I think uh, I thirst as well. Um, in verse number 38 in John chapter 7, He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, this is Jesus speaking, out of the, his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. So that's Ephesians chapter 5, the washing of the water. Uh, a lot of things in there, quite a bit of stuff in there. Uh, but just think about that. Believer, um, <laughs> there's so much in there. I, I don't even know. Just go back through it and review it. I, there's so much on my mind right now that I, I think I've, I'm a little bit too much, and I don't want to keep going or else I'm going to, I'm going to start uh, rambling for, for many, 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 many hours. <laughs> I don't want to do that. All right, so let's go over here to the stream. One day, I'll have somebody that's like a producer or somebody like that, and we'll take live phone calls. That'll be a lot easier, uh, talking to people, trying to text and, and see what people are writing is difficult sometimes. Okay, no questions on Facebook. Uh, if you're on Facebook and you're watching that stream, uh, just leave your comments and or um, prayer requests, okay? All right, so looking over here at YouTube. Uh, let's see here. That's a good verse. Uh, Brother Burns uh, says, sanctify them, gives the verse of uh, John 17, verse 17. John 17 and verse 17 says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Amen. That's the washing, the washing of the water, the truth, the gospel. Amen. Um. Typology. Let me see here. 
The question is, is would verse 23 through 25 of Ephesians 5 be an example of typology, husband being the type of Jesus Christ? I, I, I think so. I mean, that's, you know, Paul at the end here, I think Paul, in the end of Ephesians 5, makes that pretty clear here. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Yeah, it's definitely Christ and uh, the church, which he gave himself for. So, yeah, it's a typology, I'm, um, an example, and an analogy, a comparison. Here's a question. Are any more pop-up streams coming in the future? I think uh, even though I did that produced uh, video that uh, What's On My Mind series. I still want to do every once in a while just some random uh, live streams, uh, but I won't be for probably about six months. <laughs> um, anytime that I would go live, though, I guess I could still. I could. I could go live. I'll just have to really be cognizant of what time it is. So I think it's six hours maybe seven hours ahead of central time. So right now it's almost five o'clock in the morning in Spain. So I would have to really, I'd have to really watch what time I did. Um, if you guys were be able to watch the live streams anyways, I'd have to, I had to really have to be cognizant of the time. Um, but yeah, yeah, live streams. We some more pop up live streams, brother Burns will be coming. Um, I just have to be real careful on the what time they are. But the for the majority of videos that will be coming out probably for the next six months or so, um, especially after uh, the middle of July or sometime around there, uh, should be um, more produced videos. I will try to go live every once in a while, maybe like on a Sunday a Sunday morning or something like that real early in the morning, I could get up and that'll be late Saturday night for here in the States. Or I could do something like Saturday night. And it would be, if I, if I did a little bit later, it'd be sometime around Saturday afternoon. I'll try to work about that. Yeah, that's good. Brother Daruna says it's, it's not just the typology. That's true. It's a, uh, it's literal. For sure. Um, Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. Um, his spirit is here. We are the body of Christ. Um, for sure. It is literal. It says uh, we are to die for our wives, even as they are to submit to us as unto the Lord. Yep. By the way, that's not a, that's not a sexist comment. That's a, that's a, well, I don't want to get into that tonight. <laughs> But people really, really misunderstand this whole uh, submitting. We, As my wife submits to me, as she submits unto the Lord, she's submitting to the Lord. And I'm to be submitting to her needs as well, not that I'm putting myself into her subjection. You understand what I'm saying? But I, I'm submitting to her needs. I'm putting myself um, second, okay, if that makes sense. As we read down through Ephesians 5, I mean, that's that's the most part that I, right there. So ought men to love their wives, verse 28, as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. So it's going to take you sacrificing, quote unquote, or, you know, not doing things that you want to do for yourself to look out for her, to treasure her, to, pre, uh, to really um, adore her, to love her unconditionally, as Christ loved us unconditionally. I, Lord help me, because I forget that all the time. And honey, I apologize and forgive me. I love you. Okay. Yep. All right, so we're getting down to the last five minutes. If anybody has any... Yeah, that's very interesting. Brother Burns says, um, just notice that Ephesians 5 is directed towards the husband, and 1 Peter 3, 1 through 7 is directed towards the wife. Hmm. I tell you, uh, Brother Burns left a uh, really good comment, speaking of 1 Peter, 
talking about uh, all fleshes as grass because I did the, um, the what's on my mind. I talked about a living soul and how, you know, it's not about our exterior. You know, obviously God made distinctions. You know, he made He made us distinct. Um, and, and we are designed and fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, but at the end of the day, he was talking about how flesh is as grass. You know, it's, it's going to wither. It's going to go. We're going to get a new glorified body. Um, that's the temporal. We should be concentrating on the eternal, which is the soul. So thank you, brother, for that uh, word of encouragement through the word of God. But yeah, First Peter chapter 3. That is true. Yeah, it's talked about the wife here. Yep, very good. All right, so we have any prayer requests tonight? I know um, Brother Burns talks about praying for him constantly, and I do, brother. And um, But I don't see any specific prayer requests. So if, if not, um, I think we'll just wrap it up there. Okay, so next time. All right, sneak preview of next time, Ephesians chapter 6. I can't wait to talk about uh, the uh, the armor of God, the whole armor of God. Um, I heard probably, I've heard this hundreds and hundreds of times growing up in in, in um, under preaching and and uh, youth camps and you name it. You know, the Word of God is open. They're always talking about the whole armor of God, and it is absolutely true. But I probably heard, and all praise and honor glory to the Lord, he'll tell you the same thing. But uh, I had Brother Garrett Culler on my channel um, on a pre-recorded interview uh, several months ago now. But Brother Garrett uh, taught this at at a New Testament church of Hagerstown, at our local body there. We got together, and he he talked about this, and he brought up some things that uh, that God had showed him by just reading it for what it says. And I cannot wait to talk about that um, next Thursday, Lord willing. And, uh, boy, I got uh, just got a few simple notes that I wrote down when he was he was talking, going to other scriptures, scripture with scripture. And uh, it's it's amazing. If you just, you know, you know, folks, if we just read the word of God literally, we just read it for what it says and obey it, we'll do okay. And not just okay amazing okay we try in our own intellect to try to make this thing say what we want it to say and turn it around twist it but that says resting the scriptures to our own destruction just read it for what it says plainly and um, we'll do okay but ephesians chapter six we'll wrap up ephesians next week potentially always put that caveat you know like a little disclaimer not even that but just say maybe um we're going to try to get through Ephesians chapter 6, and we'll be done with that. And then I think I'm going to start the book of Philippians. Um, a short book, um, but I think, I don't know if I'll be able to get all of them in before I deploy, uh, as far as the live streams, the Thursday night, as uh, everybody's been accustomed to. But I, I do think that um, we'll get maybe a couple in. I don't know. Um, I don't really know when I'm leaving yet. I have a rough estimate that I'm not going to put out here, obviously, but... Um, but anyways, Philippians will be next. So we went through Galatians, Ephesians. Now we're going to go through Philippians. And then, like I said, there's going to be a quite a few more what's on my mind, some surprise pop-up live streams, even while I'm deployed. I'll just have – they might be some weird hours, but um, we'll, we'll do that. And I really want to just say, again, I, I praise the Lord that you have taken the time out of your day, out of your evenings – so for you on the West Coast, or excuse me, the East Coast, it's very late. I understand that. And I just want to say thank you. You're an encouragement to me. I know you're praying for me in this ministry, and I just want to say thank you. I, I, I appreciate it. I had a brother, uh, Brother Dan, text me uh, right before I went on this broadcast and said, hey, I'm just praying for you that the Lord give you the words to say. That's an encouragement. And that's such an encouragement to me. Um, when I'm just thinking, I'm like, boy, I'm just so tired. I don't know. Maybe I just, uh, maybe I just not do it tonight. But every single time, I, I just think about the, the word of God being opened, and you're going to be here, and I really appreciate that. So share with your friends, uh, your, your, your saved friends, obviously, but also share the gospel. 
I'll do it every single time. If, as you know, if you share this with your lost friends, with your lost relatives, if you just have them, just watch. And uh, not that anything is special that I of me, but I'm just going to give the word. I'm going to present the word, preach the word, as I know you will do as well. Uh, because we need to be redeeming the time. Time is short. So thank you again. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You don't understand. I don't think you understand fully how much it really truly does mean to me that people like, they, they comment, um, they comment down below after the video. That really helps me just to be like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Um, something that somebody will watch this maybe a two weeks from now and say, hey, I thought about this and leave it in the comments. I really appreciate that. I read every single one of them. I try to respond to every single one of them. And it's a help to me as well because we'll grow together, edifying, exhorting, encouraging one another. So love one another. Love one another because Christ loved us first. So that'll be it tonight on Let This Mind Be In You. I'll see you back here next Thursday. I might do another What's On My Mind middle of the week next week. And it will definitely be a live stream, but I just don't know what time. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Just went over time. But uh, God bless you all. I'll be praying for every single one of you. Uh, send me an email if you want me to pray for something specifically that I didn't see tonight on the, on the stream, okay? Love you in the Lord. God bless you. Have a great night. And remember, we're ambassadors. We're fellow heirs. We're, we're joint heirs. We're sons and daughters of God because of what he did for us. Let that, let that drive home to you and die daily. Die to self. God bless you. Good night.